And just so also like to thank all the writers and the historians and the genealogists that are here tonight, with whom I spend my days, you know, and without whom my days would be very dull indeed. You know. <laughs> and thank you for all your retweeting, your blogging, your Facebooking, and I, I promise I won't I won't hog the timelines anymore with this, this project. So thank you to every one of you for coming to share this with me this evening. It's been very, very special. And um, there's plenty of food, there's plenty of drink, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you very much. I'm recording my radio show. I'll take you. I'm going to take Angela away now. <laughs> Just for two minutes. Promise. Well done. That was wonderful. I'm here with Angela, Angela Buckley, who is the author of the real Sherlock Holmes, which this wonderful launch is Thank all you, for the Susie. benefit of. Thank now, you. I want you to tell me a little bit, because we keep talking about Sherlock Holmes and we're in Baker <laughs> yes. Street, but the book isn't about Sherlock Holmes. No. It's about another rather wonderful man who was actually real rather than fictional. I think we forget that sometimes. Yes, Do you want to absolutely. tell us a little bit about Jerome Caminado? Well, he was a, a detective in the Manchester City Police Force in the final three decades of the 19th century. He was born in the slums to an immigrant family. His mm. father was Italian and his mother was Irish, and they were terribly poor. Um, eight, four of the eight children died in infancy. It was, a, it was a very, very difficult set of circumstances. And at the age of 23, he joined the police force as a constable and policed his own neighbourhood, which he described as, um, as a den of iniquity. Um, so it, was, it was really was the underworld of, of, Man yes. of, of Victorian Manchester and he rose through the ranks to become one of their finest ever police officers. And actually I, I heard a radio programme, there's been dramas about him on the radio isn't it? It's not as if he's an obscure figure, he's actually quite well known but not well publicised and sort of in Sherlock Holmes's shadow a little bit would you say? I think he's always been in Sherlock Holmes's shadow even when he was alive because um, his um, Jerome Caminada had his signature case just the year after um, Sherlock Holmes appeared so I think he, he was always compared to Sherlock Holmes he was known as Manchester's Sherlock Holmes and he, he was at the time he was a national figure a national character his, his exploits were widely, widely reported in the press and in Manchester people still know of him and it's uh, it's just over time, obviously, his fame has declined. Yes, and, and recently there's been an awful lot of coverage about him in the press. He's been in national press, hasn't he, with pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch yes. and, you know, the rather gorgeous Benedict. And, you know, it's great, but he was, he was a good-looking fellow himself in a way, wasn't he? He's, he's very definitely an upright member of the community. He was well-respected, wasn't he, at the time? Very much so. He was, a, he was a very devout Catholic. He was a family man. He belonged to many, many organisations in the city. After his police career, he joined uh, Manchester City Council as a councillor, um, as well as being a private detective. But no, he was an upstanding member of, the, of society, and he was not afraid to, to say what he thought either. Yeah. Sorts of Can you just tell us a little bit about why you found his story so fascinating and why you decided you wanted to write the real Sherlock Holmes and bring him to public attention? Well, I got to know Jerome when I was researching my own family history as part of that Italian community in late 19th century Manchester and I just found him a really inspiring character when I started to read about him and then when I read his own memoirs and his wonderful escapades I just thought this you know his stories just have to be told. Because he did write his own books, didn't he? He, he wrote his sort of almost like it, a, it wasn't a diary exactly, was it? But he did give details of a lot of his cases. Yes, he wrote his memoirs, but they were work histories. So he, he basically wrote, yes, 50, over 50 cases that he, he wrote. And he embroidered them quite well as well. I mean, they're all quite funny. So you'd say he was a good writer of, of, of 
of detective history himself, possibly. He tried. I mean, he was very well known. I think he was probably more famously um, known for writing about Manchester and the way that Manchester was. I think people felt it was a bit more like a local history. Yeah. Um, and I think his main stories he wrote quite well. I mean, it's quite a hard read because it's obviously 19th century. Um, you're, you're in huge demand. I'm not going to keep you for much longer because I expect people can hear. There's lots of talking going on. I haven't. You're getting a bit dry around the mouth, so am I, because there's so much talking to do and so many good writers who have come along to your launch to support you, aren't there, today? Amazing. No, it's fantastic to have so many wonderful friends here and particularly to have writers and historians and friends like you, Susie. It's been fantastic. <laughs> Well, we're in the pen and sword stable together, aren't we? And it, it does feel like we got, you know, sort of we're in there at the beginning of the new imprint for pen and sword, which is pen and sword history. And we'd both probably say a big thank you to our editor, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. No, no Jen's been fantastic. Our editor's been fantastic. No, she's made it all happen. And I think she's made certainly my book much better than it would have been had she not edited it. Well, I think it looks marvellous. And before I have to dash off on my coach eventually, um, I'm going to make sure I get a signed copy because it's so nice to come along to a launch. Middle of London, great venue, and all your family here with you. Um, what would you say is your abiding memory of having written this book? Um, I think... Um I think this is going to be my abiding memory actually to have lots of lovely friends around I think the people that you that I said before that you spend time with every day the writers and the historians that you spend time with social media I think actually having them all together in one place to celebrate the book I think that this this evening will be my abiding memory and just before we go would you like to give details of how we can get you hold of your book and your blog as well because you've been on a fabulous blog tour and you written wonderful historical posts that's one of which is on my own blog at no wriggling I'll get my own little plug in but um, if you'd like to give us details about your own um, website where people can find out more about him and how they might buy the book well, my website is called victoriansupersleuth.com so there's lots of stories about Victorian crime on there and uh, Jerome features quite heavily and the, the full title is just the real Sherlock Holmes the hidden story of Jerome Caminada and it's pen and sword and I would really recommend it because the, even the little snippets I've had so far and the early reviews, because um, I'd like to actually talk to Nick Barrett if I can snatch an introduction. I've never met him. Um, yeah, and because uh, I have to keep this running, I've been told, um, is that, you know, that really it's got a real build behind it, hasn't it? And the people who have read it already, you have been getting some smashing reviews. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it's really strange when your book goes out there into the world. So I can only yeah. be grateful for any positive comments. And your lovely children here. I've already interviewed Ella, who hasn't given any nasty games away about what you might have been like living with a writer. She might have done if she's older. <laughs> yes, I don't think she's, she's not fallen for Jerome Caminada. She, just, she said she didn't think he was very good looking. So... <laughs> Poor man, he's not Benedict, but we'll forget him and we'll yeah. think Jerome Caminado, the real Sherlock Holmes. And um, that's great. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'll let you get back to your socialising. Sign me a book and introduce me to Nick Barrett. No problem. I'd like you. Right. Hello. And now I've got Nick Barrett here, which is rather good for me because I haven't actually met you in person. Although we might know Nick Barrett. If you're a fan of who do you think you are? If you read the magazine, if you've watched the television programme, your name's in the credits. And you're the go-to for genealogy much of the time, aren't you? I wouldn't go that far, but I've spent the last 10 years poking around in people's backgrounds and family trees, picked up a trick or two along the way. So it's great fun. It's wonderful to look at a different aspect of history from the bottom up. We yeah. read so much about 
known people, politicians, aristocrats, and you know, like Angela's book here, mm. you actually take a character that's hidden yes. and bring them back to life, and you realise the wonder that lies in all of our pasts. So it, it, it's great to actually have that ability to nose around. Yes, and the genealogy community is really alive on Twitter and on Facebook, isn't it? And I do think social media is a great thing for finding out more about your family history because there's always someone on there who can give you a hint if you've hit a brick wall. It's transformed the way we research and share information. Traditionally, you'd spend time beavering away in a local archive, maybe talking to a few people next to you. Because we've now got the internet, one, you can do it from home. Two, when you get started, you can post information online. Three, you'll probably get a response within minutes. And it's just wonderful to share your stories and then maybe find a distant ancestor, someone around the world that shares the same DNA that you've probably never heard of that can go, oh, actually, we've got this three times great-grandfather. So problem solving, connectivity, and then, of course, expanding your own current family today. And how, how to come do you, you got involved with the real Sherlock Holmes and the story of Jerome Caminada? I've known Angela for a few years. We're at the Society of Genealogists together, mm -hmm. and we've both written for Pen and Sword, the publisher. But when she told me about the project she was working on, a natural historian's interest, oh, how interesting, how does that play out, historical fact versus literary fiction. And she sent me the manuscripts, and I was, I don't know, entranced by this. It's a beautiful book, it's beautifully written, it's a wonderful story. You can't help but think of the visions of Sherlock Holmes that you've got from Basil Rathbone and his dear stalker to Benedict Cumberbatch with his modern day. And it's that thinking process. Angela brings him to life in a magical way. You really feel that you've stepped back in time. So for me, as a genealogist and a historian, it's just the most wonderful read. It's the easiest book I've ever had to review because it is just brilliant. And you must get asked to review a few books. I've read a few in my time <laughs> and they're all interesting, don't get me wrong. And I love the fact that people are using their personal experiences to bring the past to life in their own unique way and finding audiences. And in many ways, what Angela's done is really clever because she has taken a really powerful detective in Manchester and linked it to something that we can all associate with. But the fact is, it's still a person's life, it's still someone's story. And that historical biography is something we can all do. So maybe this will inspire other people to look into their backgrounds and you know, look at someone that fascinates them. There's probably going to be many people out there who are also interested in their life. And I think people don't realise that, you know, they think, well, my family history is boring, but it's never boring, is it? There's always a black sheep in your family. Um, I've got three or four in mine. Um, Maybe yes. that's a subject for a future book, who knows? Well, I am, I am writing one. I'm in pen and sword with Angela, actually. So Shellshock Britain's got my great uncle Alf in there, which I won't. Spoilers, this isn't my evening. But, and that's not why I'm interviewing you. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what is it about great uncles? I've got one which I won't talk about now, who's also hopefully going to be the subject of a book but as you said this is about Angela's detective process yeah. maybe that's what makes it such a good book she's got mm -hmm. some of that connection with Joseph mm -hmm. Caminada in his Jerome brother I call, I call him Joseph too I'm sure she's mentioned him as Joseph before but maybe that's just because no. she's so close to I, I think Jerome is an unusual name isn't it, it is. and it's you, you don't instantly right. think it no yeah. Jerome Caminada she has I think she's found a real I don't know a, a, a connection with him I think that comes across in the writing. She writes so passionately, but with the unique talent to be able to blend historical research, which is quite often quite dry and forensic, with an ability to take those facts and paint a picture through the imagery that she uses in the book with the characterization of someone who, obviously she's never met and never known, but 
by looking at his own biographical notes and his published works, she's brought these two together. That is a really difficult job for a writer to do, particularly a debut author such as Angela, in this field anyway. So, tremendous admiration. As I said to her before, I wish I could write like she does. So, what's next for Nick Barrett then? Spoilers! <laughs> I, do, I do have a great uncle who's worthy of a story to tell. And without giving too much away, he was a family mystery until the last few years when a mysterious file was released by the National Archives. And it's got links to the Foreign Office, espionage, tragedy, trauma, and a tale that takes us across Europe. It's hopefully going to be a book in the next year or so right. but it's an amazing story it just blew my it's nice to have something that's in my background that I can relate to in others yes. and, and I, I do sometimes it's quite hard though isn't it because with my great uncle he um, committed suicide and killed his ex-girlfriend and he was shell-shocked by an air raid in London and I've only found this out but it's quite difficult sometimes to divorce yourself from your own family background isn't it when you're when you're writing a story you have to be a bit dispassionate you sure we're not related? Because my great uncle <laughs> committed suicide and was the victim of not shell shock in any other part of it. He was in this Great War and got blown up. Ah, oh, we might be. Oh, that's I'm not sure I've got any Barretts in my background. <laughs> He's not a Barrett. Oh, what is he? He's an Oldham. Oh, no. no. Mine's a Hardiman. I don't even think with wrong spellings we can... <laughs> <laughs> There's two separate books and that's a relief. Yeah. yeah. But it is, you feel passionately connected to an individual who's your flesh and blood, and this is the first time I've experienced that who do you think you are moment when you think, oh my goodness, because there's a photograph in this file, and when I've shown it to people, they've said, is that you? Oh. So very spooky, very spooky. I hope I don't look like great Uncle Alf, to be honest. Mercifully. Thank you so much for talking to me, Nick. I'm going to let you go back and circulate because you're no, I know you're very popular and you're, you're obviously people want to talk to you about stuff. So thank you very much for spending time with me. Thank I really you so appreciate much. it. You're very welcome indeed. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm here with Rachel Hale and our husband Steve, who is an accountant. But most importantly, I'm going to talk to Rachel because she's... I'll help myself with food. History at home, freelance writer. No, I'm going to ask you both whether you find Benedict Cumberbatch the most attractive Sherlock Holmes or whether there's another one you needn't find him attractive who did you enjoy watching as Sherlock Holmes I do like Benedict Cumberbatch but I do prefer Basil Rathbone Basil Rathbone same as me thank you very much Steve and and Rachel Benedict it is Benedict it is it just has to be really <laughs> he has he has given Sherlock a whole new perspective, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it's just the style of writing of the episodes and everything. It's just really catchy. And yeah, it's no hardship to watch, is it? No, it's not. And I want you to just recap, because I know at the end you, you very kindly, I need you to tell me your history magic, because, because Rachel is is writer of the fabulous and well-read blog History Magpie so we want to give that a little bit of a plug and it's historymagpie.com and what's your what's your name on Twitter? My name is Rachel Hale on Twitter Rachel Hale 1 on Twitter actually Rachel Hale 1 and I focus on Kent history so it's all the historical homes it's the museums it's the objects inside them the stories of people just the strange quirky facts fascinating stuff and you've already had a book and you've read it three or four times because you, you're actually Angela's writing partner, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm really lucky. I've been reading this for the last 
year, 18 months or so and seeing how it's changed. And it's just fantastic. I've, I will read it again in the hardback version. And do, you, do you ply Steve with the same cake you've been plying Angela? No. <laughs> <laughs> to Angela through the post actually <laughs> really is that what you do that's well, probably the best do. way on, so, yeah. yes yeah so thank you both for talking to me again and uh, and I really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your evening thank you, thank you very much Angela. bye now, I'm just going to go and try and find somebody else to have a little chat with I found Emma and Rosemary Rosemary Morgan and Emma Jolly anyway I'm with Emma Jolly who is another writer aren't you Emma do you want to just tell us the names of the books that you've written okay I concentrate on family history books and I, my first book was family history for kids and then I did um, tracing your British Indian ancestors um, for um, Britons and Europeans in India Anglo-Indians um, and then tracing your family using the census and my latest is uh, my ancestor was a woman at war which is fabulous and I know that we had a I think I might even have had a sneak peek of one of the chapters of that one didn't I is that the one that's coming yes. out when's that yes, actually coming out so that's out now it's out now oh I've missed it I know I came to your launch in November, didn't I? Was it November, October time? Yeah, in October for uh, the census book. And, and that's then, a um, fabulous book. If, you're, if, you, if anybody out there is interested in tracing their family history and finds the census a little bit scary, then Emma's book is the one to get. So that's, that's also by Pen and Sword, isn't it? That's yeah, by Pen and Sword. Yeah. And um, the Ant- um, Ant- Woman at War is by Society of Genealogists. And we had a little launch for that in the Who Do You Think You Are live show at Olympia. Uh, quite recently. Now, Rosemary and Emma are really skilled genealogists, which is something, well, I know they are, whether they nod or shake their heads. <laughs> and um, I'm feeling a little bit starstruck because I've just met Nick Barrett, and I know that's probably not at least tiny bit starstruck for you because actually the genealogy community is quite close-knit, isn't it? It's very close-knit, yes. And Nick Barrett's, um, I think he's president or he's very high up in the Society of Genealogists and also in AGRA, the Association of Genealogists and Researchers in Archives. So um, although he's currently working at the National Archives, he's still very connected to various communities. And he's just had a fascinating conversation with me about the fact that he too has a great uncle, like my poor old Alfred Hardiman, um, he too has a great uncle that did strangely dubious things. So I, we, we, I think there are a lot of uncles and brothers and so on who got up to all sorts of things. So that's why it's worth looking not just at your direct ancestors, but going sideways in your family trees as well. Definitely. And I know that you know a lot of the work that you do is in archives, and, and you know it, it really isn't all being on the net, is it? No. This um, it's really interesting. You can get the bare bones on the internet usually. And then it's quite interesting to add extra stories to the um, to the family history by researching further into the archives. The stories behind your family, rather than just a list of dates, really. So you come along to this book launch for Angela's wonderful um, the real Sherlock Holmes. We're all getting Benedicts and Jeromes and Josephs and all sorts of things muddled up today. Yes, I did my little little intro and I thought, well, I'm talking to no one here, I'll talk to Jeremy. He's one of my favourites, actually. I was going to ask you, who's your favourite Sherlock Holmes? It's going to be him, I really liked him. I'm a huge fan of detective fiction anyway, and detective on TV, all I watch are detectives. I'm really excited about Angela's work. That's that's pretty much what it is on television now, it's it's all detectives from 
from spoofy Midsummer Murders, Shetland, Sweden, Sweden, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can actually be a bit of a detective fiend, and I think that's what makes maybe what makes Angela's book really catch the public interest. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. I think the timing with the um, the Sherlock, the Sherlock fans are so sort of hungry for more, um, especially with Benedict Cumberbatch, who's done such a great job. I think the timing of Angela's book is actually perfect, whether or not there's a connection between her. Yeah, and her I don't think we have to mind about that no, too exactly. much. Yeah. I think also the Manchester social history aspect of it will be of interest to people. But there's a lot more interest in regional social history now. Because London has dominated media coverage for some time and actually a lot of television um, and books and world of literature. So it's great to see something going into like the history of other areas. It's such a major city as Manchester and the people there who made such a major contribution to this country. Yeah, and, and I, I just think that you know anything that can get um, a real life story behind you know the bone the bare bones of a story are actually you know you can build a really good um, narrative about you know very little information if you just do that extra research which is what I think possibly Angela's done here well thank you both very much I'm going to let you go back and have a canapé and another drink and I'm feeling rather gossipy you're another important person (laughs) thanks thanks Emma that's that's wonderful Yes, thank you so much. There's so many representatives of the Society of Genealogists here tonight. Absolutely. Uh, we love Angela. She's, uh, she's been a great blessing to the Society of Genealogists, actually. Uh, Nick uh, Barrett introduced her, uh, and she joined the Education Committee. Uh, her previous experience uh, made it a natural place for her to uh, participate. She's now chairman of the Education Committee. And, uh, is taking it forward by leaps and bounds. And and to, to write a book about a figure like Jerome Caminada, who many people haven't heard of, but actually she discovered him through looking at her own family history, didn't she? It's amazing what we can find. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been saying this for years, that as you explore your forebears, you have absolutely no idea what you can discover. Uh, the surprises, the delights... My father had a wonderful expression many years ago when I was little in the public record office in Belfast. The old one in Balmoral Avenue, someone said to him, are you not a little apprehensive what your son might find as he explores the family history? Uh, You know, perhaps you'll turn up some black sheep. My father said, oh no, I don't mind at all. In fact, in the future, they'll probably think I'm one of those black sheep. (laughs) So, you know, Angela, I'm not surprised that that uh, you know this is the thing here she has uh, her first publication and the original seed came from her own exploration of her forebears and I think that's a really good inspiration to other I mean certainly my book because I'm I'm in the same stable as Angela with pen and sword and mine is based on the same sort of thing I discovered that I had a great uncle we seem to have great uncles who are slightly naughty (laughs) I don't know what it is about great uncles but more than one person has told me they have issues with a great uncle actually his is a tragic story but it is wonderful how it can spark things off and you want to get young people involved presumably yeah so even, even the tragedies can sometimes have real blessings because when you discover things and you find links, uh, you know, it's amazing what, uh, what what brings people together. So it's one of the things that I'm, in my own work, trying to encourage even younger people just to take more of an interest because as they do so, 
the, the possibilities in finding out something that they can then identify with. So, you know, people build careers, build lives, all sorts of directions and things happen and change. So, uh, it's great. Anyway, as I said, we, we absolutely love her. She's been a great blessing to the society. And, uh, we wish her so much happiness. She's inspirational to talk to, isn't she? She yeah. really fires you up with enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Would you just give me your name again? Because I've been introduced very quickly and I'm not sure it went into the microphone. No, not at all. William Bortrick. And you're... The chairman of the Society of Genealogists. Chairman Genealogist. of the Society of Genealogists. Thank you so much for spending the time with me, William. And also the chairman of Burke's Peerage. Say that again. Also the chairman of Burke's Peerage. Really? Now that is... That is really... So that's more genealogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for spending time. That's wonderful. Thank you. And now I'm here with Ella. Um, and I believe Ella is 12. Is that right, Ella? Yeah. When was your birthday? On the 19th. On the 19th. So you're only just 12. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you in? Are you in year... Seven. You're in year seven. What school do you go to? Um, high down. Yes. Well, Ella, what's it like having a mum who's a writer? Uh, it's awesome, because she's, like, famous. <laughs> she's famous. She is famous, isn't she? Have you seen her on the television? Yeah. What did you think, seeing her on the television? Uh, I actually thought it was funny. <laughs> it was funny? Yeah. Because she wasn't on for very long, was she? But she got her point across. Yeah. Would you have liked to see her on there a little bit longer? And what do you think of the book? Have you read it? No. No? Are you going to read it? Or are there gory bits in it that your mum would rather you didn't read? Uh, mum says I can read it when I'm older. That's a very good idea, because there might be some horrible cases in there, mightn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think of Sherlock Holmes? Do you watch it on the television? No. <laughs> no? My friends have. What do they think of it? They're, they're like, have an obsession with it. They've got an obsession with it. They like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. They do. So with this book that you've got, you've got a lovely copy of it in your hands here, what do you think that your, you know, has been the best bit about having a mum writing a book? Has she been, she been tapping away at her computer for, for hours? Yeah. She has? Yeah, for ages. So have you ever had to say, Oi, mum, I've got to get to school? No. No, so she's been brilliant like that. Yeah. Have you seen her burning the midnight oil and up until one o'clock in the morning trying to get something finished? No. No? But she gets up early. Does she? What time does she get up in the morning? I don't know because she wakes me up at seven and says that she's been awake for a while. I don't wake up early, ever. But then, you know, I haven't got to get kids to school, so she gets you off to school and she comes back and writes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a wonderful book. Have you been telling your friends at school about it? Yeah. What do they think? They think that it's awesome. They do, do they? Yeah. And when you go to school, do, do any of the teachers ask you about it? Um, I showed a few of the teachers and they were interested in it. Were they? Do you think they'll buy the book? I don't know. Do you think we should encourage them to buy the book? Yeah. What do you think of Jerome Caminada? Do you think he's a, do you think he's a good looking fella? Yes. Uh, not really. Your mum's sort of lived with him for the last couple of years, hasn't she? <laughs> she must know everything there is to know about yeah. Jerome Caminada. Yeah. Do you know much about Victorian England? I know a little bit because I learnt it in year five. You learnt it in year five? Yeah. So you know all about the yes. that it was very different from England now? Yeah. Yeah. 
Would you like to live in Victorian times? No. No? Why is that? Because it was like everyone was poor and stuff. Well, lots of people were very poor, yes. They were probably very poor in parts of and, Manchester. Yeah, and Mum says if if we were in... if our, When our family were in the Victorian times, um, they were very poor. They were poor. So your mum's done a lot of history research, hasn't she? Yeah. So have you seen your family tree? No. <laughs> no, you haven't? I've so no, one day when you're a little bit older, you'll know who all your great aunts and your great grandparents were. Yeah. Yeah? Well, thank you very much, Ella. I do hope it goes really yes. well tonight. And your little brother's here. What's your brother's name? Ethan. You think I can get a word with Ethan? Uh, yeah, I think so. You think I can? Okay, well, thank you very much, Ella. That's lovely. That's Ella, who's 12. Thanks, Ella. Would you like to give your name and tell me who your favourite Sherlock Holmes is? I'm going to go for Basil Rathbone. Mine too. I'm definitely a Basil girl. Thank you very much, very much, David. Another vote for Basil Rathbone. No, I'm going to make myself equally unwelcome here now. I'm wandering around with a microphone doing people. I'm terribly sorry. I'm here with three other writers, aren't I? I'm with Essie Fox, Kate, Kate Mayfield, who I've never met before. But nice to meet you, Kate. And with Melanie Backhansen. Essie writes fiction. She's written the very successful series, which started off with The Somnambulist, which was actually a book club choice, wasn't it, on the television? I remember that well. And her most recent one is called... Goddess and the Thief. The Goddess and the Thief. And they're wonderful stories. And I think they're particularly, if you want to immerse yourself in Victorian Gothic, S is your girl. And Kate, are you... Have you got um, something in the pipeline? out at the end of August. Yeah. It's a memoir. It's a yes. Because you've got a fascinating family history, haven't you? Is it something, is it based on your, yeah. <laughs> is it based on the funereal side of things? Yes, it's called The Undertaker's Daughter. I grew up in a funeral home. And so the Gothic appeals to you as well? I would say Southern Gothic is pretty close. Yes. And this is Melanie Backhansen, who writes house histories, don't you? And histories of squares as well. Yes. Yeah, my most recent book was on the history of streets and squares across the UK. Um, but my main focus is the history of houses. It's all fascinating stuff, but we're here where Angela's launched tonight. I mean, you've got your copies. I haven't got mine yet. I know, I don't have mine yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's a, a lot of us have to remember it's about Jerome Caminada because, of course, there's a lot of talk about Sherlock Holmes, but Jerome was a bit of a fiend himself as a detective. So you know a little bit about him, but maybe he's worthy of his own Benedict Cumberbatch playing him on the television. Uh, um, maybe, although um, I think that Jeremy Brett, for me, is definitely Sherlock Holmes. I think he has that, that wonderful haunted... Slightly cadaverous. Yes. <laughs> No, I, I just think he's brilliant, and I think he, he brings a, a sensibility to the whole thing, which is it's very haunting, and he's, he's great. So for me, he is Sherlock Holmes. You're not the only one. I have had, actually, I'm a Basil Rathbone girl, and I've had a few votes, mostly from men. I suspect that might be something to do with it. I don't know if they'd like to admit to the Benedict Cumberbatch thing. How about you, Kate? Well, I think this story would be great for either film or television series. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet, and I shall, but from what I've read in the uh, rave reviews that she's had, which is incredible, um, he's a very, very interesting character, and there's a lot of material there that I think would be great on television or in film. Whether there's a connection to Sherlock Holmes or not, he's got his own stories, hasn't he? Well, wouldn't it be interesting to have 
have them both on the screen at the same time. It would. What about you, Mel? Uh, well, I haven't read the book yet either, but I mean, there's something about the mystery stories of Sherlock Holmes that everyone loves. I mean, it's what, ever since they were written, they were crowd-pleasing but enticing and everyone's loved them and now there's this real awakening of everyone loves Sherlock so it's there's always something to be said about the detective story and someone smart intuitive who comes in and solves the mystery yeah it's a puzzle we love puzzles don't we I think that's a lot about detective stories why whodunits have been so so popular and that people just love to try and solve a puzzle before the detective and um, so who would be your favorite on-screen detective I'm, I'm a lover of Agatha Christie. I love Poirot and Miss Marple. Uh, I have a soft spot for Benedict Cumberbatch. I totally admit that. But I do love Jeremy Brett. I thought he was the ultimate Sherlock Holmes. I still go back to him. So he's probably my favourite Sherlock. I agree with that. Well, thank you all, Melanie and Kate and Essie. Thank you all very much for doing your little piece for me. I've got to keep wandering around the room now. It's wonderful. Thank you all so much. And you. Bye-bye. Right, now I'm here with Ethan, who is Angela's son. And I have just spotted him in a corner with wads of money. So, Ethan, is your mum's book selling really well? Yes, a lot of people have brought it already. And do you think, are you in charge of the money? Is she trusting you with all those £20 notes? Well, I don't know if she knows that I'm playing with it, but... Um... Well, it's nice to get your hands on it, even if it's only for a little while. Well, how does it feel to have a writer for a mum? I feel quite proud of her. Do you tell your friends? Yeah, I've told all of them pretty much. My teacher keeps on asking for news updates, though. Do you think your teacher will buy a copy? Uh, I've got a feeling she will when she gets a chance. Yes. So, are you going to go back to school? Have you got to go to school on Monday? Uh, yeah. Are you going to tell them all about this? Yeah, definitely. And how old are you, Ethan? Uh, ten years old. You're ten? Right. So, you're still at primary school? Yeah. Right. So, you can go and show and tell on Monday and say your mum's a writer and she had her launch in the Sherlock Holmes Hotel. Yeah, and she's run out of cornflakes for breakfast, is that right? Um, I think so, because we only have shreddies. Did she not get you your shreddies? No, we only have shreddies. Oh, you only have shreddies. Well, maybe life will get back to normal for a little bit now the book's out, yeah? But thank you very much for talking to me, Ethan, and you hang on to that money. It looks like there's lots there. You want to say bye-bye? Bye. Thank you. Right, this has been a wonderful evening and I've had a really good chance to talk to people so I've got to sign off now and say goodbye from Talking Books and its first outside broadcast in London at the Sherlock Holmes Hotel at the launch of The Real Sherlock Holmes by Angela Buckley, the story of Jerome Caminada. Do look out for it, it's out now, you can buy it in your bookshops, you can order it off Amazon if you must, go into Brendan Books, it would be much better. Um, so pop along to Brendan Books, your local independent bookshop, and make sure that you get a copy of the real Sherlock Holmes. So bye-bye from London, from Susie Grogan, and see you next time.